Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me on gambling Twitter at UndercoverGreg at G underscore Frank six for the rest of my shenanigans. It is NFL week 16 as we record a day earlier than usual due to some holiday plans on uh, Thursday, the 22nd. So we'll get out in front of it and just wish everybody a happy holiday season, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever is on the horizon for our listeners over the next few days. Certainly want to hope you're able to enjoy some time with the families and, uh, Hope 2022 was a good year, hopefully a back to normal in full year for a lot of people. And uh, I might as well ask my buddy Alex Uplinger out at Alex underscore up seven at full underscore slate underscore pod manages a podcast Twitter. Alex, what is what is in the cards for you the next few days? What's up, buddy? I will be doing the old Pennsylvania gauntlet again sure. doing Pittsburgh. Thanksgiving right yep same same deal Pittsburgh to see some family and then Hershey to see the girlfriend's family so I'll be taking the turnpike again okay all right so I imagine that traffic will be you would hope relatively low like it was for Thanksgiving yeah I'm hoping I'm trying to get out ahead of this storm and then hopefully Saturday on the turnpike won't be too bad Gosh, it feels like like I'm down here in Houston now and flying into Philly tomorrow to meet the parents and my brother. And then we're going to London to see my sister who's lived there now for gosh, five and a half years, got married in the summer of 2017 and moved there in August of 2017. Um, And it just feels like everywhere in the country. I mean, we'll get into it with these games, but it just feels like everywhere is cold. Like down here, everybody, you know, again, these people are pussies like they freak out when it's like 45. But, you know, by Texas standards, it is going to be pretty cold down here. And it feels like, again, everywhere is going to be uh, pretty cold this week. Yeah, it does. And it feels like a majority of these games are taking place in that in that zone. That's going to be having these crazy temperatures and like Big Ten country snow. for the most part, I feel like it's just getting crushed. Yeah which is a lot of the games we'll be talking about. Yeah, so uh, definitely get to that. I I, I do have to ask you this. um, Favorite thing to, I I mean, I guess just finding the airport bar and running up a tab as high as you want to run it up is the easy answer here. But is that kind of the go-to in terms of, because I got a three-hour layover in Philly before we board for London. Like, is that the go-to move to kill time? 
Oh, absolutely, dude. Has to be, right? The, yeah. The characters you meet at the airport bar. Oh, dude, all about it. Stuff. Like, I'm extroverted I mean, to the T. Like, the people that you meet at airports, like, there are some characters for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone's ready to talk and tell their story. I mean, and there's nothing better than that airport beer. It just hits way different. Yeah, especially at the beginning of the vacation, right? It doesn't hit the same at the end of it, right? No, those are the those are sad beers. I, I try to avoid the, right. the coming home ones. Yeah, the, yeah I mean, yeah, I have before your trip. They, those they are don't awesome. Hit the same, that's for sure. No, no, definitely not. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. And because we are recording on a Wednesday night, that means we can include the Thursday night football game in our rotational preview, as it is the New York Jets hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's funny, Alex. I feel like, and we will certainly get to some ugly primetime games towards the end of the podcast. Uh, and I feel like recently we have had the uh, schedule makers with some bad luck when it comes to, oh, well, we thought the Packers and Rams would be good and both of them sucked. And so that ended up being a bad Monday night game. We thought at least one of Arizona or New England will be good. And it doesn't look like either one of them's all that good. That ended up being a bad Monday night game. Indianapolis and Pittsburgh recently kind of similar vein. So we've had a lot of those recently where, you know, late in the season, you kind of have a better feel for what the teams are, but you can't flex the Thursday and Monday games the way it can the Sunday nighters. Other side of the coin, though, I don't think anybody five months ago thought Jacksonville, New York Jets would have a lot of meaning week 16 Thursday night football. But here we are. It really is a must win for both teams. Maybe the Jags with the Tannehill news might be able to lose one and win their last two and still have a shot in the AFC South. Uh, but certainly both of these teams in dire need of a win. And it looks like uh, it's going to be Zach Wilson again for the New York Jets, Jets as Mike White unable to get up and clear for uh, Thursday with the short week. Yeah, it's funny how this game has way more juice than a lot of these others. I'm sure looking at the schedule beginning of the season, we would not have expected this. This would have been a plug your nose type of game. But now this is kind of a must watch. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, that, that's that's the thing for me. And I'll have to kind of figure out my flight leaves at 930 from for from Philly for London. So honestly, like I might look into some of the like, do you do, do you ever do like the buying Internet options on the flight to yeah, get the Wi-Fi and, and then it get the Wi-Fi and like get it going on time. one of your devices? Like I'm thinking about doing that. Yeah, I mean, depending on the score when you're taking off, I would, I would definitely. Yeah, exactly. I'll probably be taking off right around halftime or middle of the second quarter. So anyway, um, the Jags are a two-point road dog, it looks like, right now, with a total sitting at 37 and a half. And I'm going to follow the money here. I think there has been some Jets money, and I think it's the side. And I think just uh, situationally, you know, normally I like to play home teams on Thursday night games uh, because of the, you know, the travel element for the visitors to begin with. And, and also, I, I look at Gang Green and I think this should be a pretty raucous MetLife Stadium on Thursday night with the Jets having a game of this magnitude in primetime this late in the season. So I think that the Jets defense should be able to, like Sauce Gardner just got elected to the Pro Bowl. I think, you know, that will certainly, I, I, I expect New York to do a better job against Trevor Lawrence than some of these defenses have recently. We've seen the Cowboys defense really been struggling of late. Lawrence terrorized them 
you talked about it before we jumped on the Tennessee secondary is just a mess and Lawrence ate them alive. I don't think we're going to see the same kind of Madden like performance from Trevor Lawrence. And I'm not saying that necessarily correlates to the under, but I do think the Jets are the side. As I said, I think they can keep the game lower scoring. I think that's better for them, obviously, with Zach Wilson at the helm. And it does feel like a little bit of a stinky favorite, given the fact that Lawrence looks like the guy everyone wanted to lose a bunch of games for. And Wilson, ironically, the guy who was picked right after him in the 2021 draft, uh, you know, has been in and out of the lineup and it's been a very tumultuous season for the BYU product. So I look at this and think, well, we kind of have a stinky home favorite in some aspects based on kind of the eye test of the last few weeks for both of these teams, even though the Jets are still in the playoff hunt. The Jags have certainly looked every bit the part of a playoff team, maybe more so than gang green, but it's the Jets that are favored. You know, we like those stinky favorites. And again, this isn't necessarily as stinky as some of the other ones, but again, seeing the Jets as a short favorite, jacked up MetLife Thursday night, I think it's the only side you can look. So I will play the Jets. I know you're more interested in the total. Yeah, I completely agree, though. I think the Jets are the only side to look here. I might get there come tomorrow night. In terms of spots, you couldn't ask for a better one. Short week, Jets at home, Jags coming off. Just a miraculous win on that pick six and then the jets coming off a tough tough loss a game they probably should have had and they look like they could have but yeah i'm looking to the total i like the under a lot here you mentioned in terms of the jets defense i have seen this tick down though like most of the totals this week this has gone from 42 to 37. I'm still comfortable playing it at this number. By the way, you mentioned that you said like most of the turtles this week. You would think a lot of that is like we talked about. We jumped on weather oriented, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, majority of these outdoor games, you've seen the totals tick down a good bit. Um, This one's no different, but I'm still comfortable getting there. I really like the Jets defense here. I think the Jags defense, they have a solid ground it's uh defense so they should be able to neutralize the jets running game here and then that kind of puts it all on zach wilson and we haven't seen that go so well in the past also the jags just lost their starting tackle cam robinson for the season that's huge in terms of not letting lawrence get pressured where he looks way better i think the jets can really get after him here I really like the under. I think that also speaks to the Jets being the correct side as well. All right, let's go to the other team that occupies MetLife Stadium as the Giants are on the road on Sunday and take on the Minnesota Vikings. As we're seeing the New York Giants catching four in the hook, total of 48. Uh, I tell you, I don't love the, uh, you know, being on the other side of this move because it's, I think I saw three in the hook that this opened, but I, I just think the Giants are the clear side here. So I'm on another New York team. I, I look at this number, Alex, and I think, wait a second, you're telling me the Giants and the Indianapolis Colts are the same team because last week we saw Indianapolis in this short road dog roll against Minnesota. And of course really should have won the game outright if it weren't for the largest collapse in the history of the NFL. So, um, I, you know, you're certainly not upgrading Minnesota after that win. And, you know, if anything, maybe you upgrade the Giants a little bit or you look at them the same way with the Giants having won in Washington last week. So 
I don't understand how the Giants are the same price range at Minnesota as the Colts. And if the Colts can cover, and again, absolutely should have won outright against the Vikings, then I absolutely think the Giants can do the same thing. So even though I think there's maybe a little something phony about the line, it just feels too obvious, I'm still going to do it and uh, willingly lose on the Giants if that's the case. Uh, last point that I'll make here is, I, you know, how can you not expect a little bit of a Minnesota letdown? And I suppose on one hand, all they've been doing is playing close games and winning, and the numbers are well-documented about the Vikings' struggles to win with margin and their point differential being so mediocre. But the fashion in which they came back last week, I, I would not be surprised if there's a little bit of a hangover as well. Big Blue, the only side I can look to, I'll still take them at I got plus four. I completely agree. I'm not quite there. I might come Saturday. We love Daniel Jones as a dog. Giants this season, they're 82. It's a spread as underdogs. And it's just how long can Minnesota keep this up? I mean, they needed the biggest comeback in NFL history, and they're still only plus two points in point differential, sitting at 11 and three. 10 and 0 straight up in one score games. Just how long can this last? I think you have to look to the Giants. I'm just worried about the Vikings finally beating someone with margin, but we haven't seen them do that yet this year. So I don't know how you can trust them to do that in this spot. Agreement on the New York football Giants. Let's go to Lake Erie, where we have one of many. We mentioned Big Ten country in particular really getting hit with these cold weather games. And one takes place in Cleveland where the Browns welcome in the New Orleans Saints. Cleveland is a two and a half point home favorite total of 32 and a half. Uh, And, you know, Alex, much the same way that we were talking about with the number uh, with the Minnesota New York game in comparison to the Minnesota Indianapolis game. We kind of have something similar going on here where Cleveland was a two and a half point home favorite last week against Baltimore, albeit without Lamar Jackson. And now Cleveland's a two and a half point home favorite against New Orleans. And I don't know, you tell me, is Baltimore without Lamar Jackson as bad as New Orleans? Because if you don't think that, then that would make Cleveland an obvious bet in minus two and a half. But I'm not running to bet Cleveland. I'm just curious your thoughts on kind of that point spread similarity in terms of Cleveland in the same price range against Baltimore minus Lamar now against New Orleans, same role. Yeah, no, that's certainly interesting. I mean, it's got to be pretty close. You can't trust Dalton really. And it's really tough to just trust the saints outside of the dome, especially in this sort of situation with insane weather forecasted. I would definitely lean the Ravens. I think they have a way stronger running attack and are way, way better coached, which I think goes a long way in terms of the line. One thing to make note of, though, Nick Chubb hasn't practiced this week. That might be factored into this being a little shorter. And then, obviously, you can't trust Deshaun Watson at all right now. Yeah, I I certainly couldn't get there in terms of a side, but I'm going to be looking to the total. That's new. I appreciate you saying that because admittedly I haven't been practicing following Chubb's status that much. I do have Kareem Hunt and I uh, have been I've been texting you a little bit about my fantasy semifinal and Hunt I was thought was somebody that might be, you know, when I drafted him might have some standalone fantasy value. That really hasn't been the case most of the year. 
but I was looking for a flex spot as I was texting you about. And uh, now if uh, Hunt, or excuse me, if Chubb is to miss another practice, he might be in serious doubt here. Maybe I mean, two in a row already that he hasn't played. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if he doesn't play, then you got to Hunt is definitely a must start, especially with these conditions. You think they're going to run the ball 30 plus times. He's going to get a ton of action. Yeah, so definitely something to keep an eye on. And, and you said you like the under here. Yeah, I'm going to be playing the under. I grabbed it a little early in the week. It was around 35. Now it's down to seeing 32 and a half. I still would play this under. I don't trust the Saints at all, like I mentioned. Outside of the Dome, they're, just, they're really bad on the road. And then these weather conditions are a huge concern. Looks like it's going to be about 10 degrees potential precipitation and then most concerning is the wind going to be upwards of 25 mile per hour winds during the game that's huge that really negates the passing attack and neither of these teams have a strong passing attack as it is like you can't trust Watson at all you can't trust Dalton at all the only players you really can trust are the running backs Kamara and Chubb slash Hunt I think this is going to be a heavy heavy ground game the only concern in terms of betting these bad weather unders is turnovers, which is something you can't really predict. I mean, that'd be the biggest concern if you get a bunch of turnovers with short fields. You just hope that the offenses can't really do much in between. I'm still comfortable playing this under 32 and a half. This has, you know, 13 to six written all over it. Yeah, no, I definitely think you still have some wiggle room on that under. Let's go to a game that I don't think is going to be all that impacted by weather. And that's in Charlotte where the Carolina Panthers are a short three point home dog against the Detroit lions, a uh, total of 43 in the hook. Uh, you got to lay a dollar 20 to get Carolina at plus three. So some books may still be at two and a half on this game. Uh, and Alex, I hate that. I like Carolina here because the lions have been so fun. And I think, there's been a bit of a uh, more of a public sentiment surrounding the Lions of, you know, they, I think there's a lot of hard knocks hype at the beginning of the season. And, and they obviously started very slow, but really putting it together are the Motor City Kitties to get to seven and seven and very much in contention for one of those wild cards in the NFC. Detroit plays Chicago and Green Bay after this. So a real chance the Lions could end 10 and seven, which would be remarkable after a one and six start. But all that said, that's where I just feel like this has Lions letdown written all over it. And when you look at the way they've grown up and matured on the football field, where at the beginning of the year, they've been able to score points all year. But you've talked a lot, Alex, on this pod about cold weather golf and outdoor golf and things like that. And Goff hasn't been great in some of those games, but they won a pair of games on the road at MetLife against the Giants and Jets. They won on the road at Soldier Field. And the point I'm making is they did that with defense in those games, particularly the games against the New York teams. So the Lions are really morphing into a really good football team. And this is where it just feels like, okay, now the bandwagon's too big on the Lions and you want to get off. I mean, I've been riding them a lot. You know, I gave them out against the uh, Giants. I know we had them in our contest last week against the Jets. I had them in that game against the Bears. 
But, you know, it's just your typical like betting principles of buying stock at the bottom of the market and selling stock at the top of the market. And I feel like I got in close to the bottom of the market on Detroit. And now I want to sell my stock on Detroit at the top of the market. And I could see some letdown here for them. Everybody's kind of stroking the Lions' egos now. It's a team that hasn't really tasted a lot of success, particularly with the play. I mean, Goff in L.A., but obviously the Lions' struggles are well documented. So I, it just feels like they could have a letdown here. Maybe they're a little overconfident. Uh, and I think the Panthers are definitely the side. Obviously, I rambled on there without saying a word about the Panthers. I don't necessarily love Carolina. We faded them last week and took Pittsburgh against the Panthers. But um, it, it, it's just a type of thing where I, I kind of feel like it's a good spot to bet against the Lions, and I'll probably do it. I completely agree. This feels more like a coin flip game, and you're getting three points with the home team. Lions going back-to-back -back on the road both outdoor games. We've always mentioned the struggles of golf outdoors. And I think if you told the lines, they'd be uh, splitting these games, you know, one and one on the road, they would take that. This feels like the game that they could drop. Definitely a sleepier spot. 1 PM in Carolina. Definitely Panthers are the right side here for me. Agreement on the Carolina side. And, you know, for what it's worth, again, uh, we talk about some of these, dead teams this time of year. Uh, I don't think Carolina is a dead team just on the basis that they still wake up on Saturday morning prepared to play this game. Only one game out in the NFC South, still with a head-to-head -head game against Tampa Bay in Tampa. Let's move forward and go to Foxborough, where we have the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to MetLife Stadium, or excuse me, Gillette Stadium, to take on the Patriots. And we're seeing New England catching three at home, total of 41 and a half. Uh, and this is another kind of just betting principle that we preach about. You know, we talked about buy low, sell high with the Lions. Well, the kind of single game principle that kind of carries the same ideology is no team's as good or as bad as it looks in any one game. And I think the sentiment surrounding New England is, oh, can you believe how they lost on the pitchy-pitchy woo-woo play and the Keelan called touchdown, which I still can't believe was called a touchdown, but just so much chaos for New England last week. And I think for other teams, you know, for certain teams, yeah, that, that could be a straw that breaks the monkey's back or the camel's back. And it, it just is a death blow, but a Bill Belichick team is going to lay down. Like I, if anything, I almost want to know what that week of practice was like for the Patriots. Cause I could really see those guys getting laid into almost so much so to where they're happy to just have the week of practice over, start the game on Saturday and unleash some fury on their opponent who happens to be the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's the way I'm looking at this game. And I think a lot of people might look at it the other way and think, well, the Bengals are white hot. They've won, I think six in a row now. And, you know, they're in contention for the number one seed, perhaps still in the AFC. Um, and they, you know, th there's that typical short road favorite trap that I think a lot of people fall into and might hear with the Bengals. Not me. I don't know that I'm playing the Pats, but it's the only way I can look. Yeah, I'm with you. I haven't quite gotten there yet, but it would be the only way I would look. This is a classic buy low, sell high. You can do worse than just blindly playing those. Love the Patriots getting three here. Just feels a little weird. I mean, the Bengals, they just win and cover. That's what they've been doing for the last 
two years it feels i mean to come back like that against the bucks last week when they were absolutely dead at halftime that's incredible the highest of highs they're riding first place in the division now just feels like fat dumb and happy and then yeah bill belichick this week had to be absolutely destroying them after that loss i would not want to be Jacoby Myers this week. I can't imagine that. <laughs> that flight home had to be fucking miserable. But, yeah, I, I think you can only look to the Patriots here. I, I would not be laying the short road. It feels like they are just begging us to take the Bengals minus three. Yeah, exactly. And when they do that, you usually want to take the other side or pass the game. Speaking of passes, I think we're going to have a few that we'll run through pretty quickly here as we go back to Big Ten country where the Chicago Bears host the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo laying eight and the hook on the road, total of 40. We got there and got home with Chicago plus the points last week against Philly. Uh, And the Bears are, you know, in their own beds again. We always like that, particularly this time of year where we're winding down in the regular season. Uh, But it is uh, still the Bears. It's still kind of stinky. And I don't know that we don't know that we want to go down that road again. Uh, Having said that, you can't take Buffalo here. I mean, first off, still a low total. So, you know, we always talk about, you know, games with big point spreads, but low totals normally already tip you off on the dog if you're willing to plug your nose. Uh, and, you know, again, we I don't think want that part of Chicago again here. But Buffalo has, if you look past last week, when it looked like the Bills started to you know, produce some more chunk gains and it looked more like the Bills offense that everybody knows and loves. Uh, they, had a, they had a run there of games where you know, they were scoring in the 20s, their opponents were hanging around, and I think some of that might have been by design because there's this Josh Allen elbow stuff that's lingered for five, six weeks, and I wonder if there's not some load management going on there where they're just trying to kind of guard him a little bit and you know, make sure that that elbow doesn't get any worse come playoff time. If there was ever a game to guard him in, and also I will remind you, in Chicago last week, what did we see? I, you know, we'll get to the Eagles in a little bit, but kind of shame on them for running Jalen Hurts as many times as they did, and it seems like that's resulted in his injury. So maybe there's a lesson to be had um, for Buffalo seeing what happened uh, last week in Chicago with the Eagles. All of that makes me think uh, you don't want any piece of this side. Total, you know, at 40 is low. Um, Bills, if they can score enough, could get this close to over by themselves, but I don't know if they're going to score enough. So, like, I could see something like 24-7 Buffalo as well here. Like, I just don't have much of a feel for this game, uh, you know, other than if you wanted to tease the Bills. Go ahead and throw them in your square money line parlays and and use them as a teaser leg because I don't think they'll lose. But I'm going to stay far away from this one. I'm with you. This just feels like a classic get in, get out type of spot. Bills just haven't really been blowing teams out. They're one, six and one against the spread in their past eight games. Usually I would say just take the home dog here but i feel a little lucky that we got the the bears last week at a similar price got that game i don't really want to go back to the well but i think you could only look to chicago in this spot 
I think the total is a little more interesting. This feels like a very vanilla type of game script from the Bills. Just run the ball a ton, like you said, protect Allen, which would make me look to the Bears as well, but I just can't quite get there with either. Let's move forward and go to the AFC South where the Tennessee Titans welcome in the Houston Texans to Nashville where the Titans are now just a three-point favorite, total of 35 and a half. That's in light of the news that Ryan Tannehill is likely to miss the rest of the season for Tennessee. On one hand, Alex, you know, we were talking about maybe with an, a hurt Tannehill, we, we could get there with the Mills Mafia and plug our nose at north of a touchdown. Now with Malik Willis, it's down to three. We did see Malik Willis play a game in Houston earlier this year and really not look good at all. So you can't lay three points with Malik Willis right now, but uh, it doesn't feel like a long enough number to back Houston. And it's still Derrick Henry against the Texans, and we know how that goes usually. So uh, it's a stay away here in the AFC South. Yeah, this one's absolutely disgusting. couple key injuries for the Titans defense to note as well. Hooker and Simmons both didn't practice today. They're both two key defensive starters. I was impressed with the Titans defense against the Chargers last week, so there's something to be said there. But, yeah, I would not be running to take either of these sides. There's just too much variance. I don't know what to expect from Willis in this spot, rookie. But then again, you know, Mills Mafia, we don't like to be in – such a short spread. We like them, you know, north of a touchdown or in that spot where they're getting 14 against the Chiefs at home. Like to look at those, not three on the road. Such a short number. This is a complete stay away. Let's move forward and get to those Chiefs as they host the Seattle Seahawks. Laying some hefty lumber at 10 total in this game. This is another, I mentioned Big Ten country where getting closer and closer to the SEC here in Kansas City. But regardless, another one of those cold weather games, as Kansas City will certainly be chilly on Saturday afternoon, a total of 49. And Alex, we talk often, all the time, about the Chiefs being a fade north of a touchdown almost blindly. And here they are at home against a Seattle team that we think can still move the ball. I know it's been a little messier for Seattle on offense of late. But you would still think enough here for Seattle to get through the back door if need be. So I lean with the road pooch. Yeah, this is certainly a spot you'll have to plug your nose if you want to back the Seahawks. Just concerned with how Gina's looked recently. Lost five straight games against the spread. But like you mentioned, you never want to lay these sort of Numbers with the Chiefs, they just historically don't blow teams out like this. Saw so Mahomes is a favorite of three and a half or more. He's 28-35-1 and one against the spread. They just don't seem to put teams away. You're getting 10. That back door is always open. You would have to look to the Seahawks here. I don't know if I can quite get there, but certainly a plug your nose. You can do worse than just blindly taking 10 points with the dog in the NFL. Agreement on the Seattle side. Let's go to 
some of the late games now. And actually, no, we have one more early game on Christmas Eve. It's Atlanta Falcons traveling to Charm City to take on the Ravens. Another cold weather game here outdoors. Looks like Lamar Jackson will not yet be back. We have the Ravens laying seven in this game. Total of 35 and a half. Excuse me, looks like seven and a hook. Now, you know, this is a total stay away because you cannot give up north of a touchdown with a Baltimore offense that just doesn't create any big plays, barely scores without Lamar. And Atlanta, you have a dome team going into the conditions and a team that didn't score much at all last week. Desmond Ritter didn't even hit 100 yards in his debut. So pretty easy stay away here. Yeah, when I initially saw this number, I just assumed that Lamar Jackson would be a lock to play, but didn't practice today. It's looking quite questionable, but, you know, seven and a half with a Huntley-led offense that barely scored against the Browns, which isn't the most stifling defense. I certainly would not lay it, but it would be really tough to get there with the Falcons as well. You mentioned Ritter struggles. I can't see that going any better this week in a frigid type of game. you got the Dome team traveling against a really strong Ravens defense. The only thing I would look to is the total. I would consider the under. I was more so thinking Falcons team total under. Not seeing a line yet, but I assume that's going to be around 15 and a half, maybe a little higher. That's the only way I would look is just fading the Falcons outdoors with the rookie quarterback making his first road start. I think that's the only way you can play this. Okay, let's move on to the late games now where we'll go to the Bay Area. The Washington Commanders take on the San Francisco 49ers. Washington catching seven. Total in this game sitting at 38. And it is an interesting commander spot, as we said. The commanders, uh, we talked a little bit about it before we jumped on. There there could be some buy low here for Washington coming off of a loss against the Giants in which, uh, you know, I'm sure you probably heard a lot of it from your commander fan friends uh, about the officiating down the stretch last week against the Giants. Regardless, the commander's really in kind of a must win, it feels like, with Seattle, Detroit, uh, especially those two breathing down their necks for that last wild card and Green Bay still mathematically alive. Um, and, you know, maybe some sell high on San Francisco. I mean, the 49ers still in the mix for the two seed. I mean, the one seed they're mathematically alive for, but the Eagles just need to win one more game. Um, and so it's then it then it comes down to if you're, you know, two through four in the in the conference, given the playoff setup now where there's only one by. How much do you care about your seating? And so the 49ers have already locked up the NFC West. Uh, do they let their foot off the gas here? Um, do they just kind of go vanilla anyway and not create enough margin in terms of big plays, perhaps? Because that's often sometimes you need those if you're laying big numbers. So uh, I would look at Washington as the only side. I know you like it. Yeah, I'm going to get there with. The commanders getting the touchdown on the road. I'm just waiting for that Brock Purdy game where he absolutely just blows up, you know, two to three interceptions and doesn't look like the best quarterback in the NFL. You're getting Heineke, who was an absolute gamer, 11-4-1 against the spread in his last 16 starts. Washington defense is top 10 in average rushing yards allowed per game. I think they can try to slow down this ground attack. 
make Purdy beat them. And I'm just, I'm really just waiting for that game where he blows up, like I said. And this could be the spot. Commander's defense has been playing a lot better. Their secondary looks actually really solid, which was one of their struggles early in the season. I just think this game will be a lot closer than the line indicates. So some agreement there on the Washington Commanders. Let's stay in the NFC East and go to Big D, where the Dallas Cowboys host the Philadelphia Eagles. Certainly looks like Gardner Minshew primed to start. Eagles kind of playing coy, talking about, oh, you know, never say never on Jalen Hurts, but he hasn't practiced this week. As we said, they only need to win one game. They have home games against New Orleans and the Giants, which honestly, they could probably win one of them with Gardner Minshew anyway. But even if they lose this game, you could bring Hurts back if he's close enough and play him in one of those games against the Saints or the Giants and lock it up uh, and be the number one seed. Uh, so the Cowboys are now a five-point favorite in anticipation of Gardner Minshew starting here. Total of 47 and the hook. Alex, you made a good point. If it was Hurts, it would have been a good Cowboys spot. You would get them at home at about pick in, you know, kind of the big Cowboys statement game where they can kind of send a little bit of a message to the Eagles, despite the fact that the Eagles are likely headed for the number one seed. It would have been an opportunity for the Cowboys to really prove that they're on equal footing as Philadelphia. And, you know, of course, now it's like, well, everybody's just going to point to the Hurts injury if Dallas does win and cover. I think there's enough for the Eagles to hang in this. Gardner Minshew played well last year in one start, uh, a double-digit road win against the Jets. I could see a solid like 250 yards, two touchdowns, one pick type game from Minshew where uh, you know he, he's got the same weapons Hurts has. And I will remind you that it looks like Dallas Goddard is coming back for the Eagles in this game. So there's enough to go around offensively for the Eagles where Minshew can just distribute the ball to those guys and they could be right in the mix for at least a cover here. Catching five, I think the Eagles are the only side. I'm with you. Yeah, I really wanted Dallas in this spot initially when I thought it was going to be Hurts, but now that that's not the case, I'm looking to the Eagles as the side here. I'm wondering if this might tick up come Saturday later in the week. Maybe you can get a six, which seems to be a key number in the NFL now with all these missed extra points and going for two and such. So I think you got to look to the Eagles here in a divisional game. Minshew, obviously, is a significant drop-off, but this number has climbed a bit too high at five when the Cowboys just seem to blow all sorts of leads. We saw it last week. We saw it against the Packers. They just don't seem to finish these games. So back door always open. And I also think the total might be a tick high. Both these defenses are very strong. Both rushing attacks are strong. And now you have a backup quarterback. Game plan might be a little more vanilla than the Eagles are used to. I can see this going under 47 and a half. Yeah, I certainly don't mind that at all. I mean, the Eagles have been really good on defense the last few weeks as well. And, um, you know, perhaps they just look for a game managing type of performance from Minshew. Let's wrap up the Christmas Eve slate before we get to the trio of Christmas games. And then the Monday nighter final game on Christmas Eve is the lone primetime game. Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Pittsburgh laying two total of 38. Steelers uh, may be our most bet team, I feel like, Alex. We just find different reasons to land on them. It was the Commanders early in the year, and I feel like 
it's been the Steelers at different points in the year, but particularly recently, we've been gravitating towards the black and gold. And I think this is a combination of factors. One, Kenny Pickett's going to come back, and that's still your starter, even though there's not a huge drop-off to Trubisky, and they did win last week with Trubisky against the Panthers. We like Pickett back in there. Uh, it's another you know Big Ten country, cold-weather game here for the Steelers at home. That's an advantage with you have a warm-weather Vegas team traveling cross-country. Uh, and you have Mike Tomlin needing to win three more, you know, win out to avoid his first losing season as Steelers head coach. And you just have the Raiders who are just ripe for a fade after that insane win last week. A lot of boxes to be checked here. I think for both of us, this is the favorite play of the week. I'll max it. Steelers minus the short number. Absolutely. Love it. Love the Steelers in this spot. And then also just a fade of the Raiders off that crazy win. I saw Carr, he's 1-7 straight up on the road in his career in night games. And this is going to be one of the more brutal, if not the worst night game he's ever going to play. It's going to be absolutely freezing. Forecast is saying 10 degrees with potential wind up to 29 miles per hour. And then you have that strong Steelers defense. Ranked seventh in the NFL. And, and, and by the way, you mentioned the wins. Where you can get the Steelers is in the secondary, and it might be harder to throw the ball. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Some of this crazy weather should negate the passing game, which has been, you know, the Raiders' strength and in a game that they could be playing from behind. That's not a recipe for success, not with Derek Carr back there. I can see this getting a little out of hand. I, I love the Steelers at two. This line just feels a little short. There's so many good situational spots here that back the Steelers. You mentioned the travel Raiders coming off. Just incredible. Absolutely insane win. Couldn't be higher. Steelers at home. Shorter week. Yeah, I absolutely love this spot. All right, let's go to the first game in the Christmas slate. It's a triple header on Sunday, beginning with the Miami Dolphins hosting the Green Bay Packers, and it's Miami laying four uh, in South Beach. Total in this game sitting at, or excuse me, three and a half, it looks like. Total in this game sitting at 49 and a half. I like the Dolphins, Alex. I think the city, we mentioned situational spots. Dolphins are back at home now after three straight road games. It looked like after they got blown out by the 49ers and looked pretty bad, even though it was a close game against the Chargers. That looked more like the Dolphins last week from an offensive prowess standpoint with how they were able to move the ball uh, on the road against Buffalo. So if they're able to move the ball on the road against Buffalo, uh, I think they can move the ball at home against Green Bay. I'll also remind you that at home, the Dolphins defense has only given up 16 points per game. We know Green Bay far from a juggernaut this year on offense, looking better of late, but I'm not buying the recent surge from the Packers. I still think they're frauds. Dolphins defense, as I said, a lot better at home on the road. I think in general, just being back at home, given those traveling situations for the Dolphins, is something that they will welcome. I think we're getting the Dolphins cheap. I will lay the three and a half and back the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I was initially thinking the Packers, I like how they've looked recently. The emergence of Watson is huge. It, 
really opens everything up downfield, which helps their rushing attack, which is what they want to lean on. The Dolphins are surprisingly pretty stout against the run. They've been even better recently. Ranked seventh in the NFL and rushing yards allowed per game. You mentioned how they play much better at home and coming back home after that that long road trip. That's got to be a huge boost for the Dolphins. I think you are getting a shorter price here. That would probably be the side I looked. Although I was thinking Green Bay initially, I'm more interested in the total. I think 49 and a half. It's the largest total of the week, I believe. And I think this is should that go yeah, over. Right. Is it 49 in Seattle, Kansas City? Yeah. So seeing the highest total, still surprising. This back-to-back weeks without a total at 50 or higher. Um, I think this is just a tick too low. I think both offenses will have success here and i could see this going over the total all right alex uh my let's move on and go to the middle game in the christmas slate as it's the denver broncos and the la rams uh and i'm trying to find okay yeah it's two and a half the broncos land on the road total 36 and a half this is hideous that the broncos are road favorites against anyone low total of 36 and a half it is a short number uh but i just feel like with how bad the Broncos have been, it doesn't matter that Russell Wilson's coming back. Rams are passed, but most likely a pass for me. Yeah, this is an absolute disgusting game. Only sickers are going to bet this one, which will probably be me come you know <laughs> Christmas Day at 4.30, uh, unless you want to switch over to NBA, which I might for this game. Cause it's I was going to say, so maybe. fucking gross. Yeah, have to look at the NBA schedule, but there's got to be something. I saw your tweet. Yeah, on. I mean, the NBA is not always that pleasure, you know, that 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 much fun in random regular season days. But they do try and line it up with some juicy Christmas games. Yeah, I think this is where you can take a little break from the NFL and switch over to whatever NBA game is on. I don't want any part of this. I don't know how you lay two and a half on the road. Granted, not much of a home field advantage for the Rams, but we just haven't seen anything really from Russ in terms of the offense and the Broncos defense has been strong. That might be a reason to back them here, but I will certainly be passing this game. Let's go to the desert where I, I can't wait to pass this game. I can't wait to not watch it. Cause as I said, I'm going to be in London sound asleep when they're playing Sunday night football between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are a seven and a half point road favorite are the Bucks total of 39 and a half. Of course, it's going to be Trace McSorley starting for the Arizona Cardinals. We know Kyler Murray's out for the year, and now Colt McCoy unable to get out of the concussion protocol in time to play on Sunday night. But the Bucks and that egregious offense, can they cover a seven and a half point road chalk? I will find out without having a cent on the game. Yeah. I I wish I would be sleeping as well. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll indulge in a, a ton of eggnog so that I'm sleeping by <laughs> 8 o'clock on Christmas Day. I really don't want any part of this. I would say look to the home dog getting over a touchdown. But what the fuck can you expect from McSorley? I have no idea. It didn't look great last week when he was in. I can't imagine it would be much better. But yeah, laying over a touchdown with the Bucks right now, I don't think you can do that against really anyone. Another low total, 39 and a half, but 
how are either of these teams scoring? I mean, you have to think Tampa turns it on at some point, but then you saw in the second half last week, just an absolute egg turnover after turnover. Looked horrible, just couldn't do anything. I don't know how they're going to move the ball much in this either. Offense is just so stagnant for whatever reason. It's also worth noting that two of their tackles, Wirfs and Smith, both didn't practice today. So that would be massive for an offense that's already struggling. I certainly don't want any part of this. Let's wrap up in Indianapolis where it's the Monday night football game between the Chargers and the Colts. Chargers now out to five-point road chalk, total of 46. Gosh, that total feels way too high given it's going to be Nick Foles starting now for Indianapolis. We know the Colts uh, at various times uh, have been an offensively challenged football team. We know that Jonathan Taylor is out for the year. So I don't know how Indy scores. And then the Chargers, Charger, you know, they play down to teams' levels. And so I'm not saying to bet the side because on paper, yeah, the Chargers should kill them. But they're, they tend to play down to teams. I don't know that I want the Colts, but I think if they play down to teams, that means that this game is decided in the teens of the low 20s, which gives, which gives us some wiggle room on the total. As I said, I think it's too high. If you're looking for a play, I actually like under 46 quite a bit here. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, first glance, Chargers should absolutely blow them out. Who knows what you're getting from Foles and then no Jonathan Taylor. I don't know how the Colts are going to score, but I'm certainly not going to be laying points with the Chargers on the road. They just don't seem to blow teams out, especially not on the road. This is going to be ugly. You can see the Colts just mucking it up. That total does feel way too high for this cert, for these two teams in this situation. I think I'll definitely play the under as well come, come Monday night. So we end with some agreement on the – Monday Night Football game, Chargers and Colts. That'll wrap things up for a Christmas edition of Full Slate. Week 16 is all but upon us. He's Alex Uplinger at Alex underscore up seven at full underscore slate underscore pod. I'm Greg Frank at undercover Greg at G underscore Frank six. Everybody enjoy your Christmases and holiday seasons with loved ones, I hope. And Alex, let's uh, have another good week. We've been rolling in the contest, I know. It seems like we're, we're in a, for those that are unaware, Alex and I play a contest where you got to pick five games against the spread every week. And we've been kicking ass the last four or five weeks. Unfortunately, Doug, what appears to be too steep of a hole to climb out of, but we're certainly fighting the good fight. Yeah, buddy, we're definitely on a heater right now. 20 and five in our last five weeks. So hopefully we keep it on, maybe get a four and one again or a five and oh would be awesome. Hey, enjoy your holidays, my man. You too. Safe travels, buddy. All right. He's, again, Alex Uplinger. I'm Greg Frank. This has been Full Slate NFL Week 16 edition. As we said, happy holidays to all and happy wagering as well. Of course, as we always say, please play responsibly. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.